Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. The power of a really good question is it illuminates. I just get the image of just a totally darkened stage and then there's just spotlights. Because what a good question does in that moment is you're illuminating themselves to themselves or illuminating their behavior to themselves. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Great questions are like spotlights. They reveal what's hiding in the darkness or what a person can't see about themselves. As a manager, incisive questions are invaluable tools to create accountability and help people see how they're showing up in the world, in particular, how they make excuses. Excuses stand in the way of dreams. And don't you want to help the people you manage, including yourself, accomplish those dreams? I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that, with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on the show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. Okay, let's go into debriefing the your assignment, telling one uncomfortable truth a day. How was that for you? I did one. <laughs> That's I honest. Wondered. And how was that one time? It it was a little scary, but I it worked out well. Did you earn something through pushing through that fear? Did you get something for it? Uh, I hadn't thought of that before. I'm not sure I, I would characterize it as earning so much as an, an, an attempt and a, and a doing with a result that was more or less positive, I think is just one piece in the bank of, of myself having more confidence to do it again against my shadows uh, resistance to doing it again. So I think that's, that's something I gained. So you feel like uh, uh, some kind of shift happened for you where in the future you're going to be less hesitant to share that kind of truth. I think it'll take a number more, attempts and actually following through to to build up much but i think it's a start okay for sure yeah cool it's definitely a start this is a practice in that telling uncomfortable truths is a skill like riding a bicycle it's not knowledge you don't just get it and then it's done it's it's a practice it's a skill it's something you develop over time and it gets easier and easier and easier I will tell you this. I'm looking forward to the opportunity to do it to do it again with a number of my employees. Cool. I really am because it's something I when I now that I think about it, it's something that I do want to practice. I've been thinking a lot about all this the, the things about management having to do with what steps in the accountability path and and it's just the things like the notice. And and I really want to practice that and I'm so I'm looking forward to those opportunities. And and then it might become uncomfortable truths at some point. 
But to me, that's a skill. That's that's a skill worth uh, worth practicing. I like that you connected it to the accountability path because that's exactly what the notice often is for people. It's just a little bit of an uncomfortable truth sharing. Hey, I noticed that new boyfriend of yours sometimes kind of harsh with you. You know, that's a really great place to start rather than waiting three months and saying, I think this guy's terrible for you. <laughs> or whatever the case may be. These are the little notices that people will hold back. And then the behaviors or the whatever's going on in the person's life becomes established. And you miss an opportunity for people to change something. I have two women friends in my life who are both with men that I think are not treating them very well. I've done a lot of noticing about it. But uh, as a friend of mine recently said, never underestimate the power of people's mistakes. Isn't that a cool idea? Just like, hey, you, you do your noticings and if they, they make the choice, they need to make that mistake, okay. They're not my employees. I can't fire them from having, you know, boyfriends who are bad for them. So, you know, not much I can do past level one or two. Other feedback about truth-tellings, 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 whatever the right plural construction is of that. Anyone else want to fess up to doing it, not doing it, not doing it very much? I know it's easy to avoid. It's a challenging thing. So I, I didn't really practice too much on truth telling, but I was. It occurs to me like when I have done it, um, mostly I, at, with family members, sons, husband. <laughs> um, what do you do with when you're speaking candidly and truthfully and kindly? If the employee just says, "Nah, that's not true," or is defensive, or where do you go from there as far as trying to? Um, make change happen? Great question. And one excuses and defensivity is of course one of my most favorite subjects. It depends on sort of where you are on the path. If it's the first time you've brought something up and it actually, you're willing to entertain the possibility that you could be mistaken, then you might just leave it there. Right? They say, oh, I don't think that's going on. No, I don't think my boyfriend's treating me badly at all. Oh, okay. It's the first time you know I brought it. Maybe 99.9% .9 of the time, it's great. And you leave it alone. And then you just back off. And then see what happens. And then because if it really is a pattern, then of course it will happen again. And be wary of getting righteous in the beginning when you know you're right. Because just because you're right doesn't mean that it's going to be effective or useful to shove it down their throat, <laughs> right? So you slowly turn up the heat. The accountability path is a good model for that. The notice is the first thing. The nudge is a little bit firmer. Then there's a longer conversation. Then the carefrontation definitely has a push to it. And then the line. The notice, you know, sort of to frame the whole spectrum... The notice is, I just noticed this. I could be completely wrong. What do you think? And the line is, this is the case. There will be no more discussion. And then everything in between. right? So you, you sort of temper your grip on what you feel your truth is, depending on how long you've been pushing at it. 
But if it's an, if we're talking about an employee situation and it's 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 important to the competence of their performance, then after it's an established pattern, the conversation one of the first steps in the conversation is to get agreement about the issue. Hey, you know, I've mentioned a few times in the last week that you've been coming in late. I've seen it. It's on your time card. Other people are corroborating it. Can we agree that this is an issue? And that's a really important step that is super easy to miss, getting agreement that the issue is the issue. What a lot of managers will do instead is say, you've been coming in late. I've noticed it. Other people have noticed it. We got to talk about how to change it. And in the employee's mind, they're going, I'm not coming in late, but I'm not going to argue with my boss. So I'll just hear them out. And now they've heard the whole conversation is inside a, a denial. So you need to get their agreement. And this is difficult when it seems really obvious to you, hey, it's obvious they're coming in late. I've seen it with my own eyes. Well, just because you see it with your own eyes doesn't mean they see it the same way. They could be in a delusion. Sometimes people are in delusions, right? In fact, they're always in delusions. (laughs) In one way or another, myself included. It's just a matter of what's the next delusion you'll wake up to, right? So. So you want to get agreement there. At a certain point in there, when you're ready to turn the heat up, um, probably, you know, in the, if you can't get agreement about the issue, then you're going to focus in on the excuse or excuses and speak to the defensivity. So you say, I've seen you come in late and... Uh, And they say, well, that's just your opinion in reality. I have a different one. You know, the alternative facts defense. Right? So the the thing to do then is name the defensivity, name the excuse. Right? So you could argue and polarize it and say, well, I have seen you come in late. And just push your agenda in that way. Or you could say, I see. So you think that you coming in late is a matter of interpretation? Or are you saying you have an alternative set of facts? Or you, know, you could say, are you feeling defensive? Because that's what it sounds like. You name it. And sometimes they'll come up with another excuse after that. Like... You know, I just don't really want to talk about this right now. I'm having a really bad day. Another kind of deflection. So you could, again, you could push and say, well, we're going to talk about it right now. Or you could say, so are you saying that because you're having a bad day, this isn't a good time to talk about this? You just kind of shine a light on it. And this is going to feed right into the art of asking questions. Because what a question, the power of a really good question is it illuminates. It's just like, I just get the image of just a totally darkened stage and then there's just spotlights and the thing's just illuminated. Because what a good question does in that moment is you're illuminating themselves to themselves or illuminating their behavior to themselves. People, especially when they're in a fight or flight mode, in a survival mode, they don't see their behavior very well. Some people live in that kind of mode, can depend on their domain. 
So what you're wanting to do is gently but firmly hold up the mirror. Hold up the mirror and show them how they're being. And so I think one of the most important things a manager can do is help an employee learn their excuse styles, their greatest hits of excuses. This is why I made that list that many of you are familiar with of about 100 different excuses that will one day be in a book. And it's, uh, it's quite fun, actually, when you can get people to be able to laugh about their excuses, to get meta to them. It's not fun sometimes getting to that place, but once you arrive, it can be quite liberating. Because it's, I don't think it's an exaggeration to point out that people's excuses, you know, say the half a dozen greatest hits that they use, are exactly the things that are in the way of their dreams. That's it. So when you help an employee distinguish their excuses, you're helping them accomplish their dreams because whatever excuses they're serving up to you as their boss, they're telling themselves usually quite often. I don't have time. I'm not perfect. I'm doing my best, one of my favorites. I'm doing my best. I would have done it eventually. You didn't have to remind me. Then why are we talking right now? Excuses are, are in some literal way the fabric of mediocrity in our world. It's literally what it's made out of. And so when you distinguish and remove the excuses, it's like taking rocks off of a geyser and the water just flows. This is why people grip to their excuses so vehemently because they literally don't know who they are without them. Who they are without them would be probably really awesome, but they're afraid to find out. See if you can really distinguish the the excuses and learning logical fallacies is a good way to do it. There's a lot of literature out there on logical fallacies because most excuses are versions of logical fallacies. And in general, just have, have excuses be part of the conversation. A, a supervisor, last thing I'll say about this, a supervisor tries to navigate the excuse. A manager names the excuse and it becomes the new subject of the conversation. That's the difference. And this is something I've, uh, that, I, that doesn't make any sense to me, why you would navigate an excuse. Because when you, navi- when you navigate an excuse and you try to work around it and come at some other angle, you validated the excuse. Right? So they've said, uh, you know, they use the alternative facts defense. Well, I think I have been coming on, on time. So now they're trying to make the argument, who has the facts? Now the conversation becomes your facts versus my facts. That conversation is not going to be productive, you see? And so now a supervisor is going to be like, okay, well, I'm going to have to come at it another way. I'll have to bring something else up that they're not on top of or, you know, because I need to preserve, uh, I need to respect their opinion about their own facts. No, you don't. I see. So you think your take on your timeliness to work is superior to mine? Is that what you're saying? You're saying that 
the facts that I have about you arriving late are wrong? Or are you saying that the facts I have and the facts that you have can somehow coexist and both be facts? Yeah, name the, name the excuse. And this is debate tactic, right? This is what we all should have learned in high school if, we'd, if debate had been compulsory and not just optional. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.